All right, let's uh, turn in the Word of God. We'll start in Matthew 26. Matthew 26. We'll start there. Matthew 26. And we'll be reading a couple different places there. Matthew 26. You know, we're singing that song. It's about, you know, he know the end of my path. And that made me think of a verse in Jeremiah. Who, can, who knows what verse I would be thinking of in Jeremiah when he talks about, you know, he knows our, he knows our end? <laughs> I always forget. I don't know why I get this, but is it 2911? Is that, the, is that the right verse? I would say, is it 1129 or 2911? Oh, I, I thought Sister McLean might. What is it? I know the thoughts. All right. All right. To give you expected end. All right, there we go. Teamwork, teamwork. That's right. Is it 2911? Okay, I like that verse. All right, Matthew 26, and I'll begin with reading verses 14 through 16. Then verses 30 through 35. So Matthew 26, verses 14 through 16, say this. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they coveted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. All right, now verses... 30 through 35, say this. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, Yet will I never be offended. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock grow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we thank you uh, for your mercy and grace. And uh, Lord, uh, uh, we learn things about uh, uh, character and dealing with things in life. Uh, Dear God, I'm glad that your book can teach us about the practical things of life and how to deal with uh, every situation. And so, Lord, uh, teach us tonight. And, Lord, again, thank you for your faithful servants. Again, be with those that couldn't be here and uh, those that have a a physical need. uh, Please uh, touch them. And, uh, Lord, those that need uh, just some uh, guidance in life, dear Lord, give that direction. uh, Give uh, that wisdom, uh, dear Lord. Lord, again, I think of our uh, young people. Uh, Please uh, work in their life at this age and stage where they're making uh, uh, decisions that could affect them and impact them for the rest of their life, uh, dear Lord. So help them to turn to you, turn to your word, uh, turn to their parents and others that you've brought in their life to help uh, guide along the way and help us realize no matter what age or stage we are, Lord, we all need uh, guidance from you and from your word and even uh, be willing to uh, seek uh, counselors, dear Lord. And so because, Lord, we want to do the right thing. Now, again, Lord, teach us through thy word in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we've been talking about 
uh, different characteristics of things, and I want to talk again about failure tonight, failure tonight, you know, failing without becoming a failure. And so uh, let me give you some thoughts on uh, failure. Because, uh, you know, in these, uh, we read about Judas there, and we read about Peter, and we know they both failed, right, uh, concerning uh, the Lord. <laughs> we'll talk about that for a minute. But often the difference between average people and achieving people can be found in their perception of and response to failure. And I believe this would hold true with believers, how we deal with failure in our life. People must understand, of course, there's no success without failure. I've talked about that before. Again, everyone fails. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone uh, loses. And, uh, you know, children need to realize that, you know. Children need to learn. Today, everybody gets a participation, you know, award. No, you know, you got to realize, no, he won. You lost. Part of life, right? Uh, you know, there, I saw in the news the other day, they're not giving out awards to students that achieve because, you know, they don't want to uh, offend, you know. So I guess they slip you a piece of paper. You are valedictorian. You are valedictorian. All right. Don't tell anybody. Even though they know it because, you know, we always know who the smart kids in school, right? Right. We know who they, we know who they, we know who they were. Or if you're one of them, good job. I, I knew who they were. That's why that was my status. I knew who the smart people were. I knew who they, Right. So that's part of it. And so, of course, these things are impossible to avoid or control. They're part of life. So the only thing anyone can control, of course, is how we respond to things, right? How we respond to failure and losses in life. Believers can achieve great things and profit from failure only when they both see it correctly and respond to it positively. Perceiving failure as inevitable seems like it would create discouragement but not really if you keep it in the right perspective and biblical perspective. But strong believers also assume and know that failure is temporary, right? We do not see failure as an end, but rather a pause in life. Perhaps you've heard this saying, I like this saying, right? Never put a period where God's put a comma. You know, a lot of times we'll do that. Something will happen in life or uh, well, it seems like uh, uh, there's a hold on life or whatever, but realize that, hey, maybe uh, Lord has allowed this to just, you know, maybe put a, a pause in a situation or help us to stop and think or deal with something that needs to be dealt with in our life, whatever the case may be. But after facing the reality of the mistake or failure, right, we need to choose to look beyond it to discover the next step. Well, they just sang that song. He looked, you know, right, what beyond our fault and, and saw our need. And well, we need to we need to do that too, right? We need to look past our faults and see our need to trust Him through that fault. Wise believers also choose not to see or define themselves by their failure, right? Our attitude is not, oh, this means I'm a failure. No, instead it is, I did something that failed, or I made it, you know, I failed, made a mistake, and this, right? We learn from it. So looking for the lesson in the loss is crucial, right? Now, you've heard, maybe you've heard, experience is the best teacher. But I like this thought, as one said, it's not experience that's the best teacher, but evaluated experience. In other words, looking and understanding, right? What worked, what didn't work, and what we need to learn is the best teacher. So every failure has the potential to take us one step closer to success or moving forward in our Christian life. Wisdom comes in learning to see failure as a mild 
mileposts on the road to success or in spiritual growth. When we keep going despite a failure, right, that'll help us build strength, build tenacity, experience, and wisdom. The key is to keep going and never give up. Most of the greatest wins in life come after great losses. You know, uh, right, last night when I was at, at that meeting with David, uh, they asked me to bring, uh, maybe you heard me talk about my, my bag of faith. I have this bag that says bag of faith on it, and I'll put a bunch of stuff in it from uh, my mission work or life, and then uh, I'll let people pull something out of there, and then I'll tell them the story of what God did there. And so that's what we did last night. All those young people, everybody pulled something out. And so I got there at like 5.30, and I thought I'd be done by 7.30. I was still there at 9.30, because I, I, I tell a few stories, and I'd be like, uh, David, is this a good stopping point? He'd say, no. And then he'd go on a little bit longer, and, and then I'd say, Dave, is this a good stopping point? He'd say, no. So I just wouldn't let me stop, right? But, you know, so, you know, that's exciting, telling all these stories, telling what God did here and God did there. But, you know, we always like talking about the mountaintop experiences. But remember, between, you know, uh, of course, I'm an optimist. So I say between every two mountains, there's a valley. The pessimist says between every two valleys, there's a mountain, right? So I prefer the two mountains to one valley over two valleys to one mountain, right? So be positive. But, you know, I can talk about a lot of failures in my life. I can talk about where a lot of things didn't go my way, where I messed up and all that, because, you know, we all have them. Of course, we don't like to talk about those as much. But of course, again, when you're in the ministry, right, the past, you got to tell on yourself. So, you know, we've all we've all had had those things happen. But the key is what? Hey, I'm still here. Right. I tell people, say, do you know why I'm still in the ministry? Why? Because I haven't quit yet. <laughs> that's why. Right. Didn't quit. Kept going. And that's the thing to keep doing. And that's why you're still here tonight, because you've all had things. And why are you here? Because despite what's happened in your life up to this point, right, you've kept going for the Lord. So that is exciting. So here in these two portions of Scripture, we read about Judas, who we know betrayed the Lord. And we read about Peter, who also betrayed the Lord, even though in a different way. So we find two men who get, have great failures. But we also find their responses to their failures, if we look at it in the human sense, right? You know, we're not going to get into all the things about Judas, but we find their responses to their failures ends with two very different outcomes. So let us uh, look at Matthew 26, right? We read about Peter. Of course, you know, he was always the boastful. Lord, you know who you're talking to here? Failure? Oh, come on. Now, you know, hey, Lord, I got your back, right? Don't worry. I'm with you. Yeah, what's the Bible say, right? A haughty spirit before a fall, pride comes before destruction, right? A haughty spirit before a fall. And boy, Peter was guilty of that a lot. I'm sure I've been guilty of it a few times uh, myself. And then, of course, we saw Judas. He went and, uh, you know, what will you give me to betray Jesus? And we know that he betrayed him. So let's look at their re- responses here. So Matthew 26, beginning in verse 69 Right, we see Peter's response. We see Peter's response. It says this now Peter sat without, we know what happened, Jesus is taken, and Peter follows him afar off. And then, of course, he's recognized as he's outside the hall there in Matthew 26. And it says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. 
woman, mind your own business, right? But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while he came unto him, they, they came unto, while, while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. I think this is interesting. Right? He's trying to convince them that he's not a follower of Jesus Christ. He says, Man, your, your speech is betraying you. Right? Because you said, well, thou also art from Galilee, right? In one place. So what does Jesus do? He says, well, this will convince them I'm not a follower of Jesus. Right? Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. Of course, right, because we know, right, believers wouldn't talk like that. That's what he says, you see. Believers don't talk like that. That's a sign right there. Right? What are you talking like? Hey, right here's evidence that believers, right, people that follow Jesus don't talk like that. Now, our speech should betray us that we're a follower of Jesus, right? Our response to things should betray us that we're a follower of Jesus. Like the, the saying we always hear is, right, if you were put on trial for following Jesus, would there be enough evidence to convict you, right? Oh, yeah, man, I saw him do this. I saw, I've got it on video, right? I've heard him say this, right? Could you be convicted? Well, so Peter, what's he do? He, he uh, goes off and says things that a believer shouldn't say. And then it says, and immediately the cock crew, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. And we know that Peter, right, ends up uh, getting right with the Lord and continues to follow the Lord and is used mightily of the Lord. So we see what happens with Peter. But then... The beginning of Matthew 27, we see what happens with Judas. It says this, When the morning was come, all the chief priests, Matthew 27, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate the governor. Verse 3, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, talking about Jesus, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple. And what happened? He departed and went out and hanged himself. So here we see two very different responses to failure. They both betrayed Jesus. You can say, well, maybe Jesus, uh, Judas was to a further degree, but they both had a great failure in their life right there. They'd both been following Jesus for how long? And so here's the thing. Both men turned on the Lord. Again, the impact on failure in your life, this is our thought, the impact on failure in your life, again, has to do with how you respond to it. Again, both men turned on the Lord. Both realized their mistake. But here's the thing. One recovered and one did not. What do you think was the deciding factor? What do you think was the deciding factor? If we look at this from a human standpoint, what do you think was the deciding factor? Anybody have a thought on that? Repentance. 
Well, this is looking at it. What do I think was the deciding factor? I believe it. The deciding factor was what they really thought about Jesus. What they really thought about who Jesus was. Judas said, I have betrayed innocent blood. It was clear he realized Jesus was innocent. But I believe he still only saw Jesus Christ as a good, innocent man, not as the innocent Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. In other words, even with all that, he still didn't put his trust in who Jesus Christ was. And so he re reacted in an impulsive way and committed suicide. But Peter... I believe, of course, we know he saw Jesus for who he really was, right? Matthew 16. Who do you say that I am? Well, Peter said, well, without the Christ, the Son of the living God, right? And uh, Jesus said, what? Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, right? We know Judas never called him Lord Jesus, right? Uh, I don't believe Judas was ever saved. People try to use Judas as an example of somebody that lost their salvation. I think it's clear Judas was never saved, and so he never really saw or at least accepted Jesus for who he really was. And again, things are going to happen in life, and a big uh, 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 thing that's going to have to do with the way you respond is how you really view your Savior, how you really think about your Savior. Peter saw Jesus for who he really was and knew Christ was God, and he was a God of mercy, and he casted himself upon that mercy. So when we understand our God, we understand that failure, even when it's completely our fault and we blow it, we can understand as believers, when we understand our God, we can understand failure does not have to be permanent. Jeremiah dealt a lot with what seemed like failure to him as he went out and tried to serve the Lord. Let me give you some verses from Lamentations, which include the, the well-known verses there. Jeremiah got down and discouraged a lot because of, you know, what he had to deal with in the ministry. So I'm going to jump in the middle of Lamentations 3, beginning of verse 14, which says this. Uh, Jeremiah speaking, I was a derision to all my people and their song all the day, right? Yeah, they, you know, they mocked me. It says, he hath filled me with bitterness. He hath made me drunken with wormwood. He also hath broken my teeth with gravel stones. He hath covered me with ashes. And thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forgot prosperity. So Jeremiah got pretty far down. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. So there was times Jeremiah got down pretty pretty deep in discouragement. Jeremiah discouraged and down by fear. But then, thankfully, right, he didn't give up. His thoughts turned from self, right, and self-pity. And that's what happens a lot. That's why we get down further because, you know, we go, you know, woe is me. I was talking to somebody the other day. They were asking for uh, some guidance about something about that somebody did to them. And I said, really, you, you think it's about that person? And it is in one sense because they're the one doing that to you. But really, their control over you is really about you. 
because you're not saying, why did they do that? You're saying, why did they do that to me? <laughs> right? And that's giving them control uh, over you. And so you got to, you know, uh, and so I talked to him a little bit about uh, something there. But then, thank God that uh, Jeremiah's thoughts went from uh, self-pity and what was going on in his life, and he got his focus back on the Lord and who his God was and how merciful his God was and that his situation didn't have to be permanent, amen, that God had more for him. And that's where these famous verses that we always quote come into play. Lamentations 3.21, this I recall to mind. He said, oh man, I was down. I was having self-pity and this happened and that happened. He said, but thank God I got my eyes off of self. I got my eyes off of situation and circumstance. I got my eyes back on the Lord and this I recall to mind. Therefore have I hope, even as bad as it looks, right? I understand that this situation that I'm facing doesn't have to affect me permanently because I remember who my God is, therefore have I hope. And that's where he says these verses, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Oh, I know what happened last night, but you know what? I got up this morning and boy, there was new mercy waiting on me. There were new graces waiting on me. There were new blessings waiting on me. They are new every morning. You say, what does that mean? It means exactly what it says. That means, right, in just a few hours, uh, January 22nd, 2023 is going to end. And uh, uh, Lord willing, you're going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be January 23rd. It's going to be the 230123, amen. And you're going to wake up before, I don't know how, it doesn't matter how early you get up, amen. There'll be new mercies and new blessings waiting on you. That's why it says, great is thy faithfulness. Oh, that you say, see, we get focused on situation. We say, oh, great are these failures. No, don't focus on great are these failures. Focus on great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, will I hope in him. And so, boy, despite Jeremiah, a few uh, faced uh, uh, discouragement like he did uh, as a prophet, but yet he, he realized all those things weren't permanent, that God was in control and God was merciful and God was faithful. And boy, let me give you one more example, probably a, a great example. Turn, we'll look at this one. First Kings chapter 19. You know, uh, we all know the, the, the great story about Elisha on top of Mount, on top of Mount Carmel. On top of Mount Carmel. Right. The great victory. Oh, man, that great victory where he got up there and he, he, he made the altar and he told those uh, uh, those prophets of Baal, what were there, 450 uh, up there? And and they were up there trying to get their their, quote unquote, God to call down fire. And they jumped up and they were cutting themselves. They were just over there being a bunch of cut ups. Amen. And uh, making fun of themselves. And he sorry. And uh, so and Elijah was mocking them. Right. All that stuff over there. <laughs> Sorry, brother. And, uh, and uh, the Lord brought down that fire and a great victory, right? I mean, revival and the rain came and all those great things. But that shows you, you know what? Uh, uh, victories, victories aren't permanent either. Victories aren't permanent either. So enjoy them, right? When you get a victory, enjoy it. Store up that memory. Store up that memory of the victory. But as victories uh, aren't permanent either. But again, neither are failures. And of course, right after that, he goes into great discouragement. And beginning in verse 19, verse 1, we'll read down through here quickly. It says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done 
with all, how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. <laughs> one woman did to him what 450 men couldn't, and got him to flee and got him discouraged. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and requested for himself. Look, at that he might die. Look at this. Great victory. Literally on top of the mountain. Great victory. And boy, just a, a day or two later, he's in deep discouragement and asking for the Lord to let him die. And he said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights and the Horeb, the mount of God. And then look what happened, verse 9. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Boy, when you, when you, when you get down and you're defeated, the Lord's going to come by and say, Hey, listen, did you forget who's in control here? Did you forget who allowed this in your life? What are you doing here? What are you doing in this valley? What are you doing in this cave? What are you doing? This is not where a child of God belongs. This isn't where you belong. And look at what he goes on to say. He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left. That's where he got in trouble right there. I, even though I only am left, they seek my life and take it away. See, the Lord had to teach him a lesson here, because look what he says. I, even I. Right? He made it about himself. He made it about himself. It's never about us. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Boy, here's that great verse. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Last night when I was talking to those young people, when I was asking them, how can, you, how can you discern the will of God? How do you know when God's leading something? I, I, you know, I, I said, well, I, you know, I wish I could break it down where I could dot the I's and cross the T's. I said, all I know is that when you walk with God, you'll recognize his word leading you. You'll recognize his spirit guiding you. You'll recognize to where it almost, sometimes it almost does sound audible, right? That still small voice speaking to you saying, this is the way walk you in it, right? You know, we're looking for those big things. You see, uh, that's the problem. We want, we want the earthquake. Oh man, yeah, I was there when God did that. I was there when God did this. Oh no, it's better to be alone with God and be sensitive to that still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there it is again. There came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? This is not where the servant of God belongs. And he said it again. 
Again, he made it about himself. That's, where, that's, when we, that's when failure becomes failure, when we make it about ourselves and the focus becomes self. And he does it again. I have been very jealous for the Lord of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars and slain the prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, this isn't where you belong. Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, Elisha, there he is, the son of Shaphat of Abel-Meholah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. And look what he says in verse 18. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Said, no, Elijah, it's not about you, and no, you're not the only one. Amen. I've got, and that's a great thing to know. Sometimes we're in our little group, and we're in our little church, and we think, man, nobody out there. Hey, listen, in 2023, God has his people around the world. God has his people around the world. Don't get down. Don't get discouraged. Listen, God, uh, God has his people all over. Listen, I, I, I've been a, a, a lot of countries, and maybe they didn't have churches on every corner like us, but every country I've been in, I found somebody that loved Jesus. I found somebody that had a heart for God. And that's a wonderful thing to know that God still has his people around the world. So he departed thence. And found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with the twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelve. And so he goes on, and God gets him out of that place of uh, uh, discouragement and continues to use him. So remember this. When you were at your lowest point, like Elijah was, God will meet you there and remind you that it's not as bad as you think, and he still has a future for you. Right. Don't put a period where God's put a comma. Sometimes, you know, sure, we have those times in our life. I look back over my life, you know, when this happened, that happened. I'm like, you know, I got those moments myself. Lord, what's going on here? Lord, why did this happen? And Lord, you know, we, we, we're human. Lord, I'm just trying to serve you. And, you know, why am I stuck here? And why this and, and that? And he said, quit your whining, son. Amen. Just wait on. I've got everything under control. He still has a future for you. In these passages, we have seen some of God's greatest servants, of course, excepting Judas, but they dealt with failure and discouragement. And in the end, they let God help them through it. And Peter continued to serve the Lord. Jeremiah continued to serve the Lord. Of course, Elijah continued to serve the Lord till he was taken up, but amen, God prepared that successor. So when life happens as it will, right, you can turn away or you can turn toward the Lord. And I pray you turn toward the Lord and learn a lesson for life and continue to enjoy the Lord's blessings and know that you can fail without becoming a failure, right? Just because you fail doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means that, hey, you either made a bad decision or something happened in life. So you can either you turn in or you can turn uh, to the Lord. 
and uh, trust him through it like, like these did. And again, how you respond to that has a lot to how you see your God. Judas, he never saw Jesus for who he really was. So, right, he, 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 he failed and then he truly had a permanent failure. But Peter, even though he failed, he remembered who his God was and how merciful his God was. And Jeremiah, right, when he was going through that, he remembered who his God was. But here's the good thing. Jeremiah, uh, Elisha, he didn't remember who his God was for a little bit of time there. So you know what? God came by and reminded him. <laughs> That's the good thing. So, hey, listen, uh, you're going through something. Hey, just wait on the Lord and remember who he is. And if you get so down that you don't remember who he is, amen, he's a God that's merciful enough to come by and remind you that he still has something for you. Failure doesn't have to be permanent. Let's pray.